rise up, young man. Rise up, young lady. You are not alone. No matter what you're going through, it is going to pass. You're going to come out the other side. Keep shining. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of You Are Not Alone podcast by Mamba Inspire Brand. Like the title suggests, the purpose of this podcast is to help people out there who are going through unimaginable struggles know that they are not alone and believe that they will come out on the other side. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Today, it's me and my boy, my brother here, Khalid Osman. Back. My co-host here. Yes, sir. And what's the topic of the day? Man, today I think we're talking about mental health. Yes, sir. And your phone going off? How unprofessional. I'm sorry, man. Come on, man. Some, somebody somebody turned the <laughs> thing. Oh, man. That's I it. am very professional, bro. Don't attack my professionalism like that. My bad, my bad. But uh, t- today uh, we're, we're talking about a very <clears throat> important topic. And Mamadou texted me the other day on, on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, and he said, hey, man, we should do a segment on mental health and just talk about what that means to us, um, how we deal with our own personal mental health, and, yeah, we'll see where the conversation goes from there. We didn't really write out any questions. No, this is all conversation. We don't want to plan. We're going to be authentic. We're gonna share experiences and we're gonna share our opinions and of course this is just our opinions right it's it's our thoughts right it may not be the best advice ever but just consider the fact that it's our opinion and maybe you can you can take something out of it almost definitely most definitely so for me you know the topic of mental health growing up wasn't really a big topic you know it's uh, yeah growing up in a in an immigrant family growing up in uh, an African family, you know, the, it's it's almost like a taboo topic, right? It's like if you have any sort of, and this is just from my personal experience, but like if you have any sort of like mental, um, uh, mental health issue, it's almost seen as like, oh, that person's just crazy, or um, let's just pray for that person. You know, it's not really, let's figure out what the root cause is and and go through a procedure to where we can get them um, back to where they used to be. Of course. And so. Yeah, it's the same thing on my side also. I I feel like whenever... I never heard anybody uh, in Guinea growing up saying that, oh, somebody is depression, somebody's depressed, somebody has some mental... It's like either they are crazy or they're too old, right? If you have things like uh, uh, schizophrenia, not schizophrenia, but if you have things like Alzheimer's and stuff like that, they say, oh, you're too old. Yeah, that's supposed to happen. It's natural for your mind to start leaving you. If you have uh, things like schizophrenia, bipolar, and stuff like that, they say you're crazy. And uh, I heard so many stories about kids getting, how to call it, uh, kids getting, what's the name of it, held by, uh, what's the name of it? They, They tie you up. They tie you because they think you're crazy, right? right, right, right. For you Perform. not to do things that you're not supposed to do. That when you when you start acting up, when you st- your symptoms start coming up, they tie you up and say they're gonna tie you. Make sure you don't do anything to somebody else, right? Sometimes they beat you, saying they're gonna beat the devil out of you. Right. I right, heard right. those stories. I've, heard, I've right? heard that as well. I heard those stories. They say the more they beat you, the more it's gonna leave you. I'm like, what the heck you talking about? Even actually, 2017, I went back home, right? And in our village, not in the capital where I grew up, but in the village, there were some. There were a kid 
who were having some mental issues, right? And uh, he was he burned one of the kitchens one time and stuff like that, and they started tying up. They started whooping him every day, like mm. yeah. It, it was crazy, right? And I feel like in minorities, we don't talk enough of mental health. No, no, definitely not. And, you know, it's not only we don't talk about it, but there's so much stigma about it um, that it makes it hard to talk about it, right? Yeah. And so as, as kids growing up in America, um, with, with parents who were who were raised in, in, in another country and they're ingrained in this culture of you know you're crazy or you know don't believe in that stuff or you know everybody is is quote-unquote normal mm-hmm. you're just doing all these other things because you want to it's, it's a personal choice it's not something that you can't control it's something that you can control right it's, yeah which is how they think about it um it, it's kind of hard to navigate that and so why don't you talk a little bit about how you navigated that as as a, as a kid Cause I know at some point we all went through something. Yeah, right? I, I was wondering, like, when did you realize? I, I mean, you, I guess you started really. People started talking about it when you got to college and stuff. Right, well, right. When did you realize, like, wow, I'm really afraid of having a mental health issue. Like, I, this is bad. Like, if this, is, I don't want this to happen to me. Like, when did you realize, like, it's something that nobody is immune. Like, this can happen to anybody. Man, for me, it wasn't even. My realization wasn't so much like, whoa, I don't want this to happen to me. My realization was like, oh, there's a definition for what I'm going through yeah. that I was never taught, right? Um, and so when I first started college, I mean, there was there was a lot of times where I would lose so much weight because I wasn't eating well mm. or I wasn't sleeping well. And, you know, it got so bad um, that I, I started having like weird heart palpitations one year. Mm. Like my heart rhythm would just be irregular and i go to the doctor and i'm like yo what's going on like this is weird you know i've always grinded all my life um school has always come easy to me Mm -hmm. and you You never lack motivation it's always it was always there right the motivation is there the passion is there you know i'm enjoying what i'm doing although i'm struggling like crazy right it's it's college is so much of a reality check for for people who go to public schools the way that I did and excelled so much that you get to college and you feel like, whoa, I wasn't prepared for any of this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wasn't sleeping well, eating well. Um, I wasn't exercising. And I started to have health issues. And so I talked to the doctor and, you know, the first thing she goes, she asked me a series of questions and, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then She's like, I think you may be depressed. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Back up, back yeah, up, yeah. back up. Don't, don't put that don't label. Don't put that D word on me. Yeah, yeah, I don't need that label, you know. I'm like, mm. that's not me. Yeah. But then, like, I, I realized, you know, when, when I started to hear about other students and, and what they're going through and that there's this definition for depression that exists, that it doesn't have to be, like, depression doesn't have to be that you're fully shut down. I mean, you could still be going through your daily life and still be depressed. Mm-hmm. So that's how uh, it was explained to me through school, through through counseling and things like that. And, and once I realized it, you know, and, and and I was able to accept it, I was able to start being intentional about what I did mm-hmm. to sort of help me overcome that. And of course, it's not going to happen overnight and it's, it's a, a step-by-step process, but in order to start that process, you sort of have to acknowledge that weight, you know, maybe exactly. there's something other than not being hungry, other than not having the motivation to work out, other than not being able to sleep. Um, 
that is bothering me. And so going through that really was like the first time where I was like, okay, you know, mental health should not be stigmatized. This is stuff that everybody goes through. Um, having a definition for something almost helps you better address it and have a way to address it because now you can talk about it in a way that's comfortable. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know how to handle it. Right. Similar to you, bro. Like I, I'm always seeing many of my friends, everybody and can always look at me as this motivational guy who always thinking positively and stuff like that, which I, I love being, I love being in the state of mind, right? I love him in that state of mind. But my first reality check came, uh, 2017, bro. I realized that, so I, I came to, I came, I left Guinea at the age of 12, right? And right. since I left there, I've been here and uh, yes, my mom come yearly, but I don't see her from the time. Right. But one time my mom came and uh, I realized that she's has some kind of depression, right? right? She, she, she had some mental health issues. And my mom, I see her as the strongest woman ever. Growing up, she did everything, right? right? Yes, my, my dad was there taking care of us, working. My dad f focused on working in the hospital, saving as many lives as possible. My mom worked every single hour, every single minute to take care of the kids, make everybody good, including my dad. I saw her that this strong, independent woman, right? Uh, but then I saw her in that state of mind. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, my mom can be this way. She don't feel like doing anything she felt helpless, like she felt like she needed people and stuff like that. Right, right. Like, that was a reality check to me. I'm like, wow, this really happened to her, right? right? And that happened during the time where I had my ACL surgery, right? <laughs> and it was crazy. Those, I, 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 I don't know if you remember, but when I got a surgery, I didn't go home. I decided to come back to school. I stayed, I, I stayed in school three days without going to school and then started going to school because I guess I was crazy. Right. But, uh, Anyway, those were the hardest days of my life, bro. And at that point, I never recognized that I was I wasn't me. I was depressed, like because I was looking, thinking positively, but it was affecting me. Right, right. It was affecting me, and my I, I'm glad I saw one of my professors brought me to his office and sat me down and let me pull my and tell her everything about me, like what's going on with my mom, because we don't. It was very hard for me to talk about that. Even saying that my mom, the strongest woman I know, is not herself right now. She, right. I have to take care of her. I have to deal with this ACL surgery and stuff like that. But he was there. He listened to me, and he, without his help, I don't think I would have been where I want, where I am today. Right? right. But I feel like mental health is not about you. You are weak or something, right? It is something. Nobody's immune to it. Nobody's immune to it. it. Doesn't no matter how strong you are, when it hits you, it hits you. It doesn't mean that you are weak, right? Mm -hmm. You just need to recognize it, as you said, and find a way to to take care of it, to handle it. No, most definitely. And you know, taking care of it is not an overnight process. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I almost don't like phrasing it as like taking care of it because that almost phrases it as like this is something terrible. Really, though. For me, it's more just acknowledging and addressing it and then taking the proper steps to to sort of overcome mm -hmm. um, because it, it can it can't overcome you. Right. And yeah. so now you've got to overcome it. Um, and, and that looks different for everybody. And so you, you mentioned that you talked to your professor. Um, 
how do you feel about using campus resources for for uh, things that are going on with you emotionally and, and psychologically? Bro, in that case, I feel like it helped. Yes, he was a white professor, right? Yes, he may not have you understand, but I feel like just him listening to me and listen, let, letting me talk, showing me that he cared, helped, right? Mm-hmm. I know so many people, I hear so many people say that they go to these offices, right, and the person in front of them doesn't look like them. It's amazing if you have somebody who look like you, who can't directly understand what you're going through, mm-hmm. but don't let the fact that somebody doesn't look like you and you don't use any resources at all, right? If there's no other options, use whatever you have. I feel like at least and just let them guide you, right? Let them guide you. It doesn't mean I don't feel like many people going to sit there and give you advices without knowing what they're talking about. But they're going to listen to you and they're going to suggest steps that you can take maybe to, to see if that works for you, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy, bro. I, I feel like, but one thing, as you said, though, is recognizing it, being able to accept that there is an issue is always the hardest thing, right? Okay. It's always the hardest thing being able to... Or just recognizing that things aren't the same, you know, these are, things are different. Yeah. Um, and then adapting to that, but, you know, add, adding to the resources thing, I, I do have, you know, people that I know who prefer um, to see somebody that looks like them, because... You know, when you're, when you're spilling your heart out, you want somebody who can understand, relate, and connect to what you've been through. Mm-hmm. And, and that's extremely important. Otherwise, you're getting sort of generic textbook replies or um, you become sort of a subject in a study rather than having a conversation. Um, and so, like you said, you know, if you can find somebody that, that looks like you and relates to you, uh, most definitely seek that out. Um, and it, it, it definitely helps. Um, but if you can't, then don't feel too shy to be able to go and seek out these resources. Um, everyone there is trained uh, to, to sort of understand your situation. Mm-hmm. And although they might not connect with you 100%, they'll find, you know, middle grounds to where you guys can connect. Or sometimes you just really need somebody to listen to you, sort of like in your situation, mm-hmm. right, where you just needed someone to listen. Exactly. And um, it was a professor. It wasn't a psychology professor or a psychiatric. It was just a chemical engineering professor who showed me that he cared and he wanted to listen. And I came here, uh, I mean, I have my uncle. He's my guardian, stuff like that. But I was literally on my own with the ACL surgery and nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So... Even though I don't like acknowledging because I've been independent since I was 12. At that age, I was 17, right? I needed someone to act like my dad or my mom, right? And uh, going out there and finding someone, I feel like it, it, it's okay, right? Don't don't feel like you have to do it on your own. Like sometimes I'm seen as this strong guy, but I feel like you need to know your limit. It's okay to be strong, but it's okay to be vulnerable when you need it. It's okay to ask for help. Right, right. You said something very important right there. It's be willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is taught in college, right? I mean, you know, the simple act of raising your hand in class, whether there's 300 people in there, 150 or even five, like you're making yourself vulnerable. But oftentimes people appreciate that you're willing to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and it, it elevates you in, in a way um, that you're willing to put yourself out there um, and, and be vulnerable for a second. So well, that's awesome. Um, and I'm glad I'm glad you found the help. You know, I didn't know you were going through that. You know, and I've known you since then. I, I saw you go through ACL surgery, and, and yeah. so 
you know, for, for those of us who are out there, you know, check in on your friends. And, and you know, I know I was checking in on you, but you were telling me you were good. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, make sure to, you know, really check in, you know, and, and take the time to to listen and, and be heard, too. If you need somebody to talk to, friends should be there for you. Um, but don't be afraid to seek out professional help. I know the university um, dedicates a lot of resources to students' mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it could always be more and better. And those are the just suggestions that students should take to their student council and should take to their professors um, in order to elevate it and, and, and take it to the highest ranks. Yeah. One thing you talked about is the idea, the representation, right? right. Many people want to talk about, want to talk to people that look like them. Right. Do you feel like, I feel like, is there a way that the university can make that happen because one challenge that many minorities facing is that first of all they don't know about it right, right so right. just getting to recognize it and then go ask for help is an issue right number two is they may think the people sitting on the other side doesn't understand what they feel even though this their job they, they feel like they need somebody more right? right and number three they don't have the money to go find somebody who look like them right, right, right. They, they need so I'm thinking maybe is there, be, beside uh, hiring people that represent uh, that are representative, to, is there anything else that could be done? Well, you know, the university has a, a responsibility um, to diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can't say I've never been to the uh, CN, CN, CNHCC, uh, the Counseling and Mental Health Center. Yeah. I haven't been there. Um, on campus to see who's working there or, or anything like that. So I'm just speaking from an overall university level um, perspective that they, they should, you know, diversity and inclusion is part of the mission of the university. And so yeah. definitely should have people in the, you know, counseling mental health center who resonate with students both, you know, emotionally, but also physically and, and experientially, you know, who's been through similar things. Yeah. However, you know, on top of that, I will say for any of our young listeners out there, pursue careers in this, you know, pursue careers in, in, in psychology and psychological health and psychiatry and counseling because there aren't enough uh, minority counselors. There aren't enough minority psychiatrists. There aren't enough minority therapists out there. It's really mm-hmm. hard to find. Um, um, specifically black um, therapists, counselors, and psychiatrists. It's, 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 it's really hard to find. So um, for all our young listeners out there, you know, if you have a passion for, for helping people, I think this is one of the areas where it'll definitely help to destigmatize it in our, in our um, communities yeah. by seeing more people from our communities enter into these fields. Yeah, I feel like many people come... Uh I was thinking about the cause. What what would be the, what are some of the causes of having mental health issues while, while in college, especially? I feel like many people come with, I don't know, some kind of pressure, right, of wanting to be successful, right? But also while in college, you have your friends and everybody, no matter, everybody feel like they have to compete against their friends right. and stuff like that, right? You see your friend going faster than you say, uh, I feel like one advice that I, one thing that I always tell people is run your own race, right? College is not like high school where everybody's required to graduate in four years, right? right, right. Everybody have their own 
path in college, right? You can't be in the same major and still take different classes right. according to what works for you. What works for you doesn't work for somebody else, right? What was good for that person, your best friend, may not be good for you, right? You can maybe you need to do five years versus somebody need to do four years. For example, uh, uh, one of my friends here, we started together, right? And he finished a uh, Nigerian guy. We always together. It was actually we were one of the only, one of two out of four black students in the whole chemical engineering department coming in our year, right? So we always hang out together and stuff like that. And he graduated a semester before me. He was always hustling. Like I felt like I needed to go do a cop. Right, an internship during take a break from school and go to an internship, and he didn't. It didn't hurt him. The fact that I did it didn't hurt me. It helped me too, right? So everybody have their own thing. So I I feel like many people come here thinking that they have to run one race, right? That is common to everybody. Right, right. But I feel like that pressure right there make you feel what your accomplishment make your accomplishment feel like are nothing. And you start becoming stressful and and feel not worth anything and compare yourself to everybody else. No, I mean that's you hit it right on the the nail on the head. That's correct, you know. And I think, and I'm just speaking from my own experience as a minority student. Mm-hmm. Like you come into college already with so many layers. Mm-hmm. Like you come into college like you you're not as wealthy as the others, right? And the example that I always use is. During summer and winter breaks, I would always work. I would try to get my money up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, see if I can, if I can buy something nice this year. Um, work some extra hours, but a lot of my peers would be going on vacations with their families. Mm-hmm. And they would have stories to tell, mm-hmm. um, and that usually starts, you know, early on, second grade. You know, they the teacher would always have us first day of class come in and talk about what we did over the summer and I was like I mowed a few lawns mm-hmm. played a little basketball and then my friends would be like we took a cruise we went to Disneyland and I'm like okay cool you know mm-hmm. um, and at that age I never really felt like I wish that was me but you know when you get to college and like people want to invite you to their you know $3,000 spring breaks and you're like oh no nah, I can't go it almost adds a layer of like you're separating yourself from them yeah in a way that's not contributing to your college experience positively mm-hmm. and then on top of that you've got cultural differences religious differences you've got you know just the different experiences that you've had growing up so that they've never had to experience you know you talk about racism and prejudice and and a lot of that you come in with those layers right and so the for me just from my experience as a minority student coming into college you i came in with just tons of pressure to always feel like I had to prove to others that a black person can do well. Yeah. Right. And and that's always looming over your head. And then you know that if you make any mistakes, that it it affects every other black kid on campus because there's only 35 of you. Exactly. On a campus of 4,000. And so when they see one black person do something that's in their mind wrong then every other black kid is also doing something wrong right mm. and so you always feel like you're representing uh, an entire people and, and on top of the layers of school and and, and work and, and trying to graduate on time and all that other stuff you've got several layers um that are just adding um insurmountable amount of pressures but yeah um, and then people will constantly tell you, you know, pressure makes diamonds, pressure makes yeah. diamonds. And, <laughs> if you, you use know, it the right way. All right. And so yeah. sometimes you just you, you can't really 100% listen to that. You need to learn to take a step back 
reassess your situation and you know like you said run your own race yeah i feel like it comes in two different ways like there are some people who come to college with the mindset okay i'm a grind as hard as i can all the time right mm-hmm. without right. taking no breaks those people ended up burning out right and have some type of mental issues and there are other people who comes okay i'm a have fun but by the time they look up they're already behind way behind in class and then they decide to look on their journey and say this is what this is all i need to do to get back on track and they say oh this is too much i can't get it right, right, and they right. just give up and start depression right? right so how do you balance those two i feel like so man for me <laughs> <laughs> they say college is all time management right yeah um, i mean there's no there's no clear answer to that yeah, yeah. for me personally i always try to stay ahead and when i fell behind And I'm not going to lie. I've had classes where I'm like, what do I need to get on this exam to just pass? And yeah. Get it over with, you know. Um, and you will have have classes like that where you're not as passionate about the subject and mm-hmm. that is what you have to do. Um one thing that if I could go back and start all over and, and do it all over again is probably I probably wouldn't work as much as I did in college because I was always trying to work to to help support the family. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I needed to. And, and I think there were times where I did need to. Um but I feel like working so much took away from my college experience. It took away from me being able to like step slow down a little bit and and try to really grasp the material and try to really find those times and those relationships um and those connections. Mhm. Um, Of course I'm here, you know, now doing a PhD program, right? So I didn't do too terrible, but if I could go back, I just feel like my foundation would have been so much better. Definitely. And, and the pressure would have been reduced a lot. Um but one thing I I will advise younger students is learning to say no. And this is sort of an oxy, I mean not an oxymoron, a cliche thing. You hear it all the time. Everyone will tell you this from the moment that you're um born to the moment that you um get through college people will always tell you you know hey you got to learn to say no and i definitely think that that's very 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 important because you're going to have so many opportunities jumping at you when you're in college mm-hmm. and you're going to think that you have to take every single opportunity in order to um make sure that you are putting together the best resume but that's not the case you know learning to say no and being better at one or two things and and really giving your full effort to one or two things is much better than trying to tackle 10 things and doing all of them with half the effort mm. so my one thing i think students can do to reduce stress is really definitely learning how to say no definitely definitely i feel like many minority students have uh, siblings and one thing they could do also is Don't let your siblings go through what you had to go through to learn about mental health. It's time to go right back home. When you go back home to like tell them about your experiences and tell them that this is not natural. When you come to college, when they start hitting you, it's not natural. Start asking for help, right? Right, right. Uh mental health is a thing cuz if you leave it to minority moms and dad, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like us younger people who knows about the fact of it, we need to go back and help. whoever we know uh telling them that mental issue is a truth and it can happen to anybody so don't underestimate it and do not be afraid of it almost no, definitely 
Uh, what did Marshawn Lynch say? He said, take care of your chickens, and take <laughs> care of your mentals, because it's important. For real? Yeah, uh, yeah. And what, the last time I saw him online was him riding that golf car. He was uh, always in that <laughs> golf car, bro, being yeah, childish and stuff. Is he back video. in the NFL? He played uh, in the playoffs. Uh, I thought he retired. He came back to play about, I think, one or two playoff games. Oh. They lost. He's undecided about his future going forward, but... So his advice to all the younger football players was take care of your chickens and take care of your, your mentals. Definitely. Uh, I feel like he was burned out. He decided to go take time out. No, definitely. If you That's smart. And you got Many people see him as someone who's not smart, but I feel like that's a smart move. That oh, many Marshawn, people Marshawn's at. a real smart guy, man. Yeah. Anything else, bro? We're winding down here to our time. No, I think, you know, really the, the core message that we're trying to get across um, through this conversation is is one seek help two know your limits um and three you know check in on others mm-hmm. um, we're not in this alone make sure to remember that we're always in this together and that means like you said going back into our own communities and you know letting them know that it's fine to be going through something mm-hmm. um that you know it's natural that's something that can be addressed um, and so I think that's, if I was to summarize the podcast, if somebody fast forward all the way to minute 28, that's what I'll tell them. <laughs> yes, sir. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for giving us your time. This is something new we're trying. I have my, uh, co-host here, uh, grinding, talking about different topics and stuff like that. Let's see how it goes. Bro, I have a. I hope you have a good Friday. This is a Friday. You are gonna hit the gym after this? Yeah, yeah. Gotta keep that the physical body going. <laughs> the physical health. Bro, your wedding <laughs> is about three weeks. Three weeks. Oh yeah, that. my my guy is about to get married in three weeks, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Mr. Osman, that's gonna be fun. You excited? I'm excited. You gonna be there? I'll be, I'll be there. I, I gotta be excited. Can't miss it. <laughs> I wanna see you when you start crying. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I gotta. I'm emotional. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I do cry. <laughs> so uh, hopefully you don't catch me at a bad moment. Don't worry. I'll take a video. <laughs> it's memories. All right, all right, guys. Thank you so much for giving us your time, and see y'all next time. Okay. So there you have it, people. Thank you so much for tuning into the Mamba Inspire. You are not alone podcast. We have another great story next episode. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Twitter, and Instagram for updates. Look up Mamba Inspire.